Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Alice Laudermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer for HowStuffWorks.com. Today we're talking about killing a hurricane, or at the very least, kind of maiming it. Right. It's uh, It reminds me a lot of uh, the Godzilla movies. Have you seen any of the Godzilla movies? I have not seen the Godzilla movies. I'm sorry. Well, generally the whole uh, idea is that a giant monster is rising out of the ocean. A lizard, and, right? Well, I do know yeah, that much. Well, yeah. In, in the case of Godzilla, a giant lizard. This giant lizard is rising up out of the ocean and and coming towards the city. And when he gets there, he's going to destroy lots of stuff. And the movie uh, comes down to, can we stop this monster from uh, from carrying out this attack? Okay, well, a hurricane, kind of similar. It's a Godzilla. Okay. Yeah, it's a you know giant uh, salonic storm that spins out from the tropics, feeding on warm ocean waters, and uh, a lot of the time ends up coming closer and closer towards major centers of population uh, in coastal areas. Right, and then they also have that low atmospheric pressure that's trademarked, the high winds, the heavy rain, all that stuff that's right. associated with a hurricane. Yep, they, they, uh, they're, they're spinning, feeding off all that warm water, and uh, warm air is... is uh, it's being sucked towards that low pressure center and rising up at, at the eye of the hurricane. And basically like a big column of uh, low pressure air rising into the sky where it then disperses in, uh, in storm activity. Yeah, just think of that quintessential shot on the weather station yeah. that we've all seen with the hurricane spiraling in and, you know, headed ominously for some coastal destination near you. So hurricane season runs, just to give you guys some quick facts, it runs from June through November in the northern hemisphere and then down in the southern hemisphere, obviously it runs from January to March. Right. And in the Godzilla movies, they tend to try and uh, slow down the monster, stop the monster one mm-hmm. way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, with hurricanes, we really haven't had uh, many options as far as stopping the hurricane goes. Generally, it's more uh, batten down the hatches or, um, or evacuate. Just, just evacuate. Get the um, heck out of there. Yeah, just get, get the heck out of Dodge. That's all you can, can really do. Uh, however, that there have been plenty of, uh, of, uh, times where people come up with sort of harebrained schemes to try and stop the hurricane or, like I say, slow it down. Right, right. I mean, cause hurricanes can be pretty crazy. I mean, they can kill a lot of people. I think the biggest one on record in terms of loss of life in the U.S. was, uh, 8,000 people and that was back in 1900 in Galveston, Texas. Wow. And costliest, of course, um, is Hurricane Katrina, which resulted in about $80 billion in uh, property damages. So, so, yeah, so, so slowing a hurricane down or stopping it, I mean, it makes sense uh, in terms of, uh, of human life and, uh, and damage. Yeah, so what are, there, what, are, what are some of the ideas that people have put forth on the table? Well, um, under, under natural circumstances, uh, a hurricane's not going to stop until basically it runs out of food. Uh, okay. It, until it, it no longer has warm water to, uh, to feed off of. Which generally means that it either ends up going into cooler areas and uh, and just disperses into more manageable storm activity. More manageable storm activity. More sure. manageable storm activity, or it actually makes landfall. Um, and of course, it's on land there, and then it disperses as well. But if it makes landfall, obviously you've kind of lost if it hits a city. Sure. So uh, one way is to simply take away that warm water and replace it with cool water. So one method of trying to do that... Sticking a giant water pump, essentially, on the bottom of the ocean. Basically, yeah, sticking a giant water pump on the bottom of the ocean or or trying to create a a giant bubble of cool water because underneath all that warm water that the hurricane's uh, speeding over, there's plenty of cool water. It's just a matter of can we get it up. Bring it to the surface, sure. And that the, the only problem there is that that 
would entail a whole lot of effort. We're talking like massive pump pumping. system, a lot of pumping or, uh, or, or, you know, technology that we just don't have or at least don't have on that scale. Yeah, to give you an idea, I mean, uh, Hurricane Katrina at one point, her diameter was measuring um, roughly the size of the Gulf of Mexico. So that that's a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, even even if you're you're not going to try and cool the entire Gulf of Mexico, just just cooling a large enough area to have any kind of impact on the hurricane, I mean, it's just a, a monumental endeavor. Right, and that's not even that's not even mentioning the effect on the wildlife, who right. would probably react pretty badly to it. Yeah, I think we have enough crap on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> we don't need to add more pipes and whatnot. So that's one method that we're not really looking at too closely anymore. Uh, another is uh, instead of coming in underneath the hurricane, coming in from above and dropping uh, powder, absorbent powders. and Super uh, absorbent powder. Super absorbent powders. <laughs> A lot of this is uh, pretty much the same idea as cloud seeding, uh, which the U.S. and, and China have both uh, engaged in. Sure, China did it. We wrote an article about it. Yeah. On, uh, can uh, China control the weather? Yeah, they because uh, they, don't really want, uh, they didn't really want clouds over Beijing during the Olympics. And uh, if there are clouds over farmlands, they kind of want those clouds to go ahead and rain down and uh, water the crops. So the idea is basically a uh, hurricane's made out of clouds. And if you can uh, turn those clouds into rain, you uh, are effectively taking out the the legs of the hurricane. Sure, sure. So you're sucking the moisture out. Right. So, you know, we're talking uh, uh, dropping like uh, a lot of potassium chloride or if you're going to use some of the... uh, the, the more regular uh, cloud seeding uh, materials, uh, silver iodine crystals, uh, okay. dropping those into the hurricane. And again, this would be a massive undertaking. The guy uh, is a, a gentleman by the name of Peter Cordani, if uh, if I have if I pronounce his name right. Um, he was thinking that it would take about 400 tons of this super wow. absorbent powder. Um, and then, you know, just slinging it. Uh, yeah, how do you even get it up there? I guess just the plane after plane or... Not clear. Not clear on that. From and space, maybe? I, I don't think he was clear on it either because he said, and I quote to the Chicago Tribune, the only thing we don't know about is the impact on a hurricane and the after effects. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so we just don't know if it'll work or anything. Basically. Yeah. That's the only flaw in that plan. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of the super absorbent powder, though. <laughs> It's kind of like talcum powder. Here's another pretty interesting ab- approach is um, why don't we just, you know, lodge a, or hawk a nuclear weapon smack in the center of a, of a hurricane? Yeah, who thinks that's a good idea? Well, I don't know that anyone thinks it's a good idea, but people always bring this up. People love to throw nukes at our problems. And, um, okay, so so one major flaw with, with this is um, we have no idea if a nuclear weapon could alter a storm's architecture. Really no idea. And then the side issue of all that radioactive fallout from said nuclear bomb and then <clears throat> taking advantage of the, the hurricane force winds, uh, that would do a really great job of dispersing that all over the environment. And, so uh, all we've potentially done is made a already dangerous hurricane radioactive. Yeah, essentially. And then um, the the other part of it is I don't even know that a nuclear weapon would be strong enough. I read this stat that said a fully developed hurricane can release heat energy at this crazy rate. And here is the rate. 5 to 20 times 10 to the 13th watts. So that's totally unquantifiable to to the to anybody listening, even to me who's, yeah, who's reading it. Means. But that's equivalent to a 10 megaton nuclear bomb exploding every 20 minutes. Wow. So so we're not even talking like dropping a singular nuclear weapon into a hurricane. We're talking an all-out nuclear strike yeah. on a hurricane. Yeah, on and, a single storm. Wow. Yeah. So so strike the strike the nuclear weapon approach too. All right. So that's not going to work. Um 
What else do we have? Well, one idea that's uh, that's uh, come out in the last year or so, and is getting a fair amount of press here and there, is uh, also kind of uh, kind of macho, kind of manly, and uh, that's that uh, you have a hurricane approaching the city. Well, you just get a couple of fighter pilots to jump in uh, in some planes some and supersonic supersonic planes. planes and fly into that hurricane at going at about mount, at about Mach one, mm-hmm. do a few loops around the uh, eye of the hurricane, and then get out of there. And then, and bam, you'll either uh, slow down the hurricane or disrupt it enough uh, to where it just uh, disperses. So how would this work exactly? Well, uh, supersonic hurricane uh, uh, neutralizing or supersonic hurricane suppression, (laughs) um, which is a great name. Yeah, it it depends more on the supersonic side of it and less on the airplane. Because the airplane's flying in a hurricane that's, I mean, they might as well be insects. Sure. But when when an airplane breaks the sound barrier... A, it produces that, you know, magnificent sonic boom, but uh, it also creates this uh, conical wave, uh, this shock wave um, of pressure that comes out from it. And uh, this pressure can be pretty strong. Um, to to put, it, uh, put it in terms you can sort of relate to, uh, if you're standing on the seaside, uh, just the atmosphere around you is exerting about 14.7 pounds per square inch pressure okay. on you. And you F- don't really notice it. Just yeah, it's on. just there. Uh, an F-4 Phantom... Uh, flying at a low altitude, though, can uh, can uh, the, the shock wave from that plane can, uh, if it's going Mach one, can exert about 144 pounds of pressure per square foot, and just 16 pounds is enough to potentially like damage uh, windows or structures. So, so that's a pretty dramatic increase. Though. So right, yeah, it's not so much the the planes; it's the fact that you have uh, you would have this basically this worm of of expanding pressure uh, moving around in the hurricane. And, uh, disrupting the pressure enough to, to essentially kill or alter the hurricane. Is that, that's mm-hmm. the idea? Pretty much. Uh, and the guys behind this, uh, I believe they're out of Ohio. Yeah, University of Akron in Ohio. Uh, it's a Russian guy by the name of Arkady, Arkady Lenoff, I believe. Yeah, Lenoff is basically, uh, highlighting two key ways of, uh, taking out a hurricane. With okay. this. Mainly a hurricane, at least in the northern hemisphere, is rotating counterclockwise. So the idea is you fly these planes in going clockwise. It's like if you uh, if you stick your thumb up into a uh, into a ceiling fan to try and stop it, because <laughs> that's always a good idea. Well, well, not sticking it straight up, but you know, if you basically you're applying alternate al- uh, opposite pressure. Okay. So um, yeah, the hurricane's moving one way. You have your fighter uh, planes coming the other way with all this pressure from their uh, from their uh, from the shock wave that comes out from them. Uh, and the idea is that you either slow them or you uh, even just stop that. That turning entirely. That's a that's a pretty awesome task for them to uh, to undertake. Yeah, <clears throat> but the the key is the pressure. Uh, and this guy's claiming that just two planes could do it, just like two F fours. Yeah, could fly yeah, in I read that as well. That would do the trick for a regular hurricane. Okay, so the this one seems to have some problems with it as well. I'm sorry, Russian guy from University of Akron. But- oh wait, but he's also saying that he could fly a couple in at a low. Altitude, and it would basically accomplish the same thing as the 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 pumping or the water pumping. Um, oh, so another side earlier. benefit, right? It, it would disrupt the uh, the water and bring uh, cause an upwelling of cooler oceanic water that would uh, again take away that warm water that the uh, right. The so sort of similar to that giant water pump idea. Yeah, and it would be kind of a side benefit. Okay. Well, right. So this approach has problems, right? So how long do you have to fly the plane around there? I mean, how many passes do you have to right. do? What if it runs out of fuel? I mean, these these guys consume fuel like it's nobody's business. Yeah, jet fuel ain't cheap. And uh, and is it indeed? Is it going to be a matter of a guy flies in fifteen minutes later? He's uh, you know, there's a dead hurricane falling behind him, or 
is uh, is this like wave after wave of flights, you know? Not clear. Not clear at all. Also, which storms do you shoot down? Yeah. Not all of them, surely. Uh, and and do you do you just uh, do you wait till they get uh, you know close enough to harm just the United States, or do you you get them when they're about to hit Haiti? Uh, well, you know when it seems like politics becomes uh, involved there. And yeah, meteorologist is God. Yeah, doesn't seem like a good idea. And then I, I mean, yeah. So really, like, which storms and when do you shoot them down? Yeah, how long this? do you let them play out? Like, do you wait till it you know hits a certain uh, category before it's deemed a danger? You know. Uh, well, and the other thing is, why not? Let Mother Nature blow off a little steam every once in a while. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a, a key criticism for a lot of these uh, these ideas that are out there. People saying that hey, you know, hurricanes they're natural. They're not radioactive monsters rising up out of the ocean. They're they're no they're, Godzilla. They're no Godzilla. They are a, a natural part of the environment, and they do important uh, uh, tasks like watering crops. I mean, when when a, a hurricane makes landfall, it may you know it may destroy a city, but it's also bringing a lot of rain. For a lot of, I'll uh, be plants. in a massive flood, but right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it definitely does bring much needed water. Yeah, and if we don't let uh, th- let the uh, l- if we don't let the weather release that uh, all that energy in the form of a hurricane, wh- how is it going to be released? You know. So, what I take from this is Godzilla is not always a bad thing. Is that right? Right. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes Godzilla is a good thing. You need a little Godzilla from time to time. So if you want to read about hurricanes and all sorts of monsters and other things that Mother Nature can throw at you, um, go to HowStuffWorks.com. Right, or uh, check out our science blog at blogs.HowStuffWorks.com. Thanks, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. <laughs>